Okay, good morning, everybody. Good morning. Just a quick note here. I made new Marimakomos for today. So if you have your old Marimakomo sheets, I think they're Kadai to hold on to. But we have a few overlap. But I made these new ones because they are underlined. So those who have only from last week, here are the new ones for this week over here. Okay, so last week we spoke about a little bit of an introduction to the world of uh, secular wisdom. We quoted the Gemara Menachos, the nephew of Rabbi Shmuel, and his response to his nephew. Basically, if you have time that's not day and not, and not night, go for it. Otherwise, you should be learning. And we saw a similar idea expressed in the Sifri, the Debart and Bam, that the Torah should be the Iker. Everything else is only secondary. We did reference the Tosos in Menachos and Dav Samach Dalid, where he informed us that there could be a situation where if you're Kor of Lamalchos, if you have connections with the government, and through, through Yediyah, through knowledge in a particular area, it could be helpful, you could work on behalf of the Jewish people. So then, of course, that would be a mitzvah to have a mastery of that particular area of Chachma. But otherwise, it sounds like it's not so simple. That was all category one, we said, where it could be permissible objectively, intrinsically, but Torah should always be the, uh, the meat and potatoes. And then we saw category two, that was the mission in Sanhedrin, where it spoke about svarim chitzonim, right, works that are filled with heresy, apikorsis, and those types of chachma we should stay away from, even, even to dabble. It sounds like even if you could be friendly and you could connect in those areas of life, as long as it's you know, directly beneficial to the Jewish people, there's a room to be makel. We saw the tshuva of the Rivash, and the Rivash quoted from us some earlier sources, conversation that took place with the Gaonim, and the question that was posed to Reb Haigon about learning secular knowledge, and he said that really our whole focus as Jews should be Torah. And those who deviate even a little bit, it comes with much danger. It could take us away from Yerushalayim and Shlemos and Midos. And he said, if you look around the world, you'll see those of us who have, who have focused our entire lives on Yediyah Torah and gaining the depth and breadth of Torah, that brings Tahara and Kedusha and all the amazing Milos that we're striving for. The Rivash also quoted the Rashba. The Rashba in a letter, he speaks about the danger of teaching children about secular wisdom because they grow up with some of these ideas. It sounds like he's also referring to teaching them philosophy. And uh, they grow up embracing everything they learn as it's Torah Minashemai. And of course, it has to be true. And much of what they're exposed to is not authentic uh, Das Torah. Then he had the famous question, how about the Rambam? The Rambam was very well versed in these areas of life. The entire Sefer Mor Nevuchim was utilizing the, the philosophy or the approach of Aristotle. So there the Rivash explains that the Rambam was doing that because that was Harasha, that was a particular situation that he had to deal with the people of his time and place. They were very influenced by that form of philosophy. 
So in order to speak to them, in order to be makarev them, this was the tool that he used. But he said it was only after he had his tfisa, his awesome mastery of all of Torah, right? So he was filled to the brim, so to speak, with the basar v'yayin shel Torah. So then afterwards, he dabbled in that area of Chachma to be able to be makarev, to bring Jews close to Torah. But don't bring a raya, don't bring a proof from the Rambam that this is just good, you should delve into both. The Rambam was a very unique situation. That brings us to the conversation between the Marshal and the Ramah. And this we've quoted before, probably a few years ago. The, the Marshal and the Ramah were related. The Maral sounds like it was an older cousin of the, Mara, of the Ramah. And it seems like, we don't have this part photocopied here, but the Marshal actually criticizes the Ramah in very strong terms, because in a previous correspondence in a letter that the Ramah wrote to the Marshal, the Ramah quoted Aristotle. So there are two points of critique here. The first is, how in the world are you quoting from that world of Chachma? And the other thing he points out is regarding the diktuk, the grammar, the Ramah uses in the letter. We're not going to get into that second piece. <laughs> but the marshal, you know, sometimes you could learn so much about someone's personality just from their svarim. And the marshal is a great example of this. We'll find many, many places where he was a very passionate, very strong-minded gadol. So let's listen to the response of the Ramah. This is source number six. He addresses this to, right, the great gem, paraphrasing the Gemara. This was said about Shmuel, the great Amora. He says, you the marshal, the ways of heaven are just as clear as the ways of earth. Nothing is hidden from you. All the secrets of Torah are revealed to you. Who Ohavi, my beloved, the Go and the Marshal? He says, Ahuvi Adoni, Higianu Michtav Malaso Biyom Vav, I received your letter on Friday. Ubirosi Kanti Marid Birosi Kol Megila Kula Tochachas Megula Vaava Musteris. And it was filled, it was a Megila of, of revealed criticism with Ava Musteris, with hidden love, right? Don't think I didn't feel your love. I, I, I did feel it. And I assume it's because you love me so much, you feel free and open to give me this level of criticism. But now he addresses it. The fact that I quoted from the great philosophers, referring to Aristotle, And you said by the fact that I did this, the Torah is wearing sackcloth, the Torah is in mourning. He says, first of all, let's not, you know, pretend this hasn't been discussed before, this is an ancient debate. And he quotes the truth of the Rashba that we saw. And we also reference that it goes back to the Gaonim, <laughs> from High Gaon. But the Ramah says, 
Kua Basar V'yayin. The Rashba himself was cautioning against teaching children the secular knowledge before they, they fill themselves up with real Torah. Okay, so the Rashba was talking about the danger of, uh, of brainwashing children, so to speak. And who was greater than the Rambam? The Rambam wrote the entire Mor Nevuchim utilizing this kind of Chachmah. And even though, like we saw from the Rivash, he explained the whole rationale of the Rambam was, he only did so to help people from their, their wayward thinking to bring them closer to Das Torah. But the truth is, I, I have two answers as to why I felt comfortable quoting Aristotle. And I think they're both, they're both true. The first is that when Chazal speak about learning secular wisdom, they were talking about learning from the actual Yavanim, people who were so incredibly corrupt in, in their morality and in their whole Hashkafa Sachaim and their entire worldview. So, Imam, of course, I would agree, you want to stay away from those types of books. Because even if 80% of what they're saying makes a lot of sense, but 20% of what they're saying is not at all anything close to what we feel is truth in Das Torah, and I might be swept away in, in, that, uh, in that presentation. But there was never an iser, there was never a ban placed on the exploration of chachma, of science, of biology, of chemistry, of geometry, just learning more about how the world works. To the contrary, the more we know about the universe, the more we understand about the world around us, the deeper appreciation, and like we mentioned from the Rambam, the more of a love I'm able to develop for Hashem Yisborach. And we know the Gemara tells us, even regarding non-Jewish people throughout the world, Anyone who says something that's valid, this is wisdom, so that person is called a Chacham. We appreciate that. We respect wisdom no matter where it comes from. And the Rambam himself writes at the end of Kiddush HaChodesh, a very similar idea. He says, you might be troubled by the fact that much of my calculation is based on the, the, the famous Greek mathematicians. So he answers by saying, that's true, but we have a klal gadol. Our guiding principle is wisdom, no matter where it comes from, we appreciate, we respect, and we utilize it to help us come closer to Hashem. So the first argument, says the Ramah, is perhaps the only real iser or the suggestion to stay away from the outside Chachma is only if it's coming from sources where the authors themselves have an agenda or they're also teaching us uh, philosophical things that we feel are not correct. V'hashenis, and here's my second answer. Top of the left paragraph. Ki'af ki'im yinomar she'asri lomu b'chol sifrehem 
even if you want to argue that it's usher to learn from all of those works, Gezerim Yishum Devar Masurim Shabahem, as somewhat of a, of a gezerah, you want to create a fence that you might explore other things and it's hard to make that distinction. What kind of secular wisdom is totally kosher? And then where does it get a little bit fuzzy? But obviously when it comes to our own sages, our great rabbis throughout the centuries, that we drink from their waters, no one in their right mind would ever tell you that you can't learn outside Chachma from the Rambam. You can't learn outside Chachma from the, uh, the Rabbi Niyona. No one's going to say that. We're not concerned that in any of their works that will lead us to have some kind of uh, misunderstanding of Torah. And even though we know, historically speaking, that there were some of the Rishonim who disagreed vehemently with the Rambam's Mor Nebuchim, and they did feel it was dangerous for Klal Yisrael, and they actually burned his works, as we know, right, in the 1200s in France. Nonetheless, history has been the greatest proof of the authenticity of the Rambam's work. Namely, it's accepted, it's part of the Mesorah. It's clear the Rambam's Moronavuchim and everything the Rambam wrote from every place in the Mishnah Torah is accepted as Halacha Lemoshem Misinai. And therefore, Gamani Omer Shimanuka Nime Ovenza. I am cleansed from this sin. Don't turn to me, Marshal, and, and, and say that I've been derelict or I've been doing something wrong by exploring that Chachma. Ki Avsha Vesi Mixas Divre Aristo. Even though it's true, I did quote Aristotle, but allow the heavens and earth to testify against me. Shekol Yamai Loisakti Bishum Sefer Misvorov. I never opened one of Aristotle's books. How embarrassing, right? <laughs> It's only through my learning of the Mor Nevuchim, which he says parenthetically, I was Yageya, I was toiling in the Mor Nevuchim, and therefore Baruch Hashem, I had Siyat HaDishmaya to understand the depth of the Rambam. My only exploration in all outside Chachma was through the guidance and through the lens of Chazal, people like the Rambam and others. And I'm only quoting them from that indirect source, Medivri Aristo. That's how I know anything about Greek philosophy. You should realize that the Rambam writes, Shekol Aristo, Ad Gilgal Hayereach, Hakol Emes. How could I not quote Aristotle? The Rambam says about Aristotle that he achieved such a great level of understanding of the world around him and the way things function that he was one of the highest level human beings without siyat Dishmaya. Meaning to say, if a person is learning Torah, so they're, they're almost receiving this Ruach HaKodesh, this different level inspiration and, and, and insight into life. But without any divine assistance, Aristotle got a lot of things right. 
He got a lot of things wrong. The Rambam's telling us he was a pretty chashev guy. So what's so schwer about quoting Aristotle? I never saw his work directly. It was only through the Rambam and others. And then he concludes, top of page four. Mikol makom omer, shesaldi meromim, again, let the heavens testify. Shekol yomai. And this is an amazing thing to say. And he's not saying this out of one ounce of arrogance. He's just being very straightforward with his, his friend and relative. That my entire life, lo asakti bezu rak bishabis v'yantiv, even when I looked into the Moranavuchim, which I was Yageya, which I toiled in, that was only, you know, Shabbos afternoon or Yantif, had some extra time. Vachol Hamoid Bishash Adam Hochim Right? So listen, Nabuch, I didn't go to Disney World and instead, you know what? You're right, I was learning Moranavuchim in the afternoon of Sukkis. Call you Mosachol and the Osek of Fimir Hasagasi, Bamishna, Uba Talmud, Uba Poskim, Uperushehem, but my entire life, every day throughout the week, according to my limited abilities, he says in his humility, I was only engaged in Torah, Mishnah, Talmud, and Poskim. That's the Ramah's response to the Marshal. It's interesting because, according to his first answer, he could have learned certain Swaram of Aristotle. Right? In other words, according to the first answer, he didn't have to swear by heaven and earth. He never looked into <laughs> philosophies. Well, the first so, answer was saying that you're allowed to learn Chachmah, even from a non Jewish secular source, right. and the only time it's a problem is if the author is also throwing in Aristotle. Much of what Aristotle says is probably in that category. Okay. But a textbook, you know, even nowadays, Looking through textbooks, there's always an agenda. Always an agenda. <coughs> What's that? Twelve? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the date is over here. Yes. The more we get into this, I guess there's another question that arises, which is what exactly like is the starting point of what could be problematic here. Like, how could you really argue that like the hard sciences could be an issue? Like let's say, I don't know, math or biology, right? Meaning there's no, there's no chokhmus adam there. It's okay if somebody took the time to reveal it to us and you know, so now I can use you know, what they learned, but you see that it's truth, right? There's no, it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not somebody's, it's not something somebody came up with, right? A mathematical theorem. Yeah, somebody sat down and came up with it, but it's truth at the end of the day. It's not that guy's work. It happens to be so, right? right. So, like, I get there's like this. I don't know. In my mind, there seems to be an even further distinction between the hard sciences and let's say philosophy and stuff like that. Is that? I mean, I think what, that that's what, really what, his first answer. There are first answer is that maybe you could argue that anything that's just clearly teva, right, okay. is totally mutter to explore. Well, that's what he's saying. Yeah. Okay. And his second answer is saying even if you're concerned that. That even though it's true, it's mutter, but it might lead you to other secular works that are not so simple. Then, for sure, if you're learning it from Chazal or from the Rambam, then everyone would agree it's mutter. Now, the, 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 the goal is just structurally, just to kind of get our bearings here, because there are a lot of different sources and ideas flying around. Structurally, what we're trying to do here is just set up from the early sources, the Rishonim. We're going to now see the Ramah, how he actually paskins in Yeridea. And then what I want to do today. We have some time left. 
I want to jump to the 1900s, and we'll take a look at Rebbe Chanan Wasserman, because he just kind of lays everything out in a very clear, organized way. And then what we'll do next time, Mir Tashem, is I want to go back to the 1800s. 1800s, we'll explore what's known as Torah Umada, right, the, uh, the Hirschian approach, what exactly was the Chiddush, or the, uh, the philosophy of Rav Hirsch, what did they do in Kelm, because we definitely see there were different, different time periods where secular knowledge was not just mutter ba'akrai once in a while, but it was somewhat embraced. We have to understand why they did that, where was it coming from? And is the Torah Umada today what it was in the 1800s? Even understanding Rav Hirsch is something that's far from simple. So hopefully we'll go back next week and do that. That'll be more controversial and probably more <laughs> exciting. <laughs> not as it is not exciting. Hashem, this is the Ramah and the Marshal. How does the Ramah paskin of So it fits beautifully. If you take a look at source number seven. The Ramah says, Ein lilmod ki mikra Mishnah Talmud. One should learn Torah. Meaning to say, Gemara and the postgame that follow. And through an Asik, through engaging in Torah, we acquire this world and we acquire the next world. But not through the study of other forms of wisdom. However, Mutter Lilmod Ba'akrai. Bishar Chachmos, it is permissible to learn Bakrai, which means as a secondary or a side thing to dabble in. On Shabbos Yontif and Cholamoid, Bilvad Minim, as long as it's not coming from works that are heretical, which fits very beautifully with what he was explaining in the Marshal's Chuva. By the way, you do see here that there's a whole discussion about what kind of um, books are you allowed to read on Shabbos? Right? And that's a discussion on the Machaber and Shinvav. So we see from the Ramah, at least, that reading something about Teva is Mutter and Shabbos, Yantaf and Cholamoi. But uh, comes along the Gra. The Gra tells us what's the source of the Ramah's ruling here. So he quotes the Gemara Menachos and he quotes the Sifri. The Torah should be the Iker, it should not be tuffle, it should not be on the side. That your, your toil and your effort should be in Torah. Not to mix in other things. But like we saw from the Sifri itself, it's not saying that everything outside of Torah is Asr, but it should be viewed as a tuffle, it's a secondary um, thing that I'm looking into. Yeah. Oh, great question. Calculation. Great question. So we're going to explore that, if not the next year, but the year after, because there are many, many things in Torah that require an understanding of the world. And I was reading in the biography of Rebelsky where he got to a particular question, he was trying to figure something out, so he opened up an astronomy book, right, to figure out how things work. So that's secular chachma, but obviously we need, we need chachma oftentimes to understand Torah. So we're going to delve into all of this in Mirza Hashem. I want to share with you two quick sources here, just to, to show the, uh, I guess the siyata deshmaya, or the extra level insight one has when Torah is really their main focus in life. 
Oftentimes, people throw around the expression, we just did ourselves a few times today, right? Das Torah. What does that mean, Das Torah? This is the way the Torah thinks. How do you know? Right? How do I know? We're so influenced by so many things. By the hours and hours and hours of Flintstones that we watched when we were growing up. That has to have some, some impression on how we view the life, right? What's Das Torah? So it says, there's two, two sources here, one from the Chafetz Chaim, one from Ramosha. Chafetz Chaim wrote that Misha Lomad Chachmos Chitzonios, one who has learned other wisdoms, a filu beheter, even if it's totally permissible, but a large part of their life or their time they've spent on outside wisdom, lo yacho they will not have that, that purity of mind and neshama to have a true chalom, a true dream, some level of communication with Hashem. One other interesting source from Ramosha Feinstein. So it's hard to know the exact sheer of, of what he was talking about. It's not, not so clear. But hashkafically we see there's a lot to be gained when one is just saturated in Torah. And this is a famous tshuva from Ramosha. Again, we've quoted this numerous times before. I'm not going to get into the Shiloh right now. But he says, referring to the person who wrote to him, right, this is a psaq he gave regarding issues of infertility. And uh, people were very, very opposed to his ruling. And they were arguing that his psaq was really endangering the kedusha, the sanctity of Klal Yisrael. So Ramosha writes back, that I received your letter that was filled with tochacha, filled with rebuke. He does not mention, by the way, hidden love. <laughs> I assume he realized there was no hidden love there. This is kas. And it's clear from your letter, this is the fifth line in, You think that I'm going to be upset by the fact they're giving me rebuke. Right? You think I'm going to be hurt or insulted. You should know it's the exact opposite. I see there are people here who are Bali Ruach, people of spirit who are not afraid to speak their minds. I appreciate that. I respect that. Never feel embarrassed to give me Tochacha. Bring it on, so to speak, says Ramosha. However, he says, You should know everything I wrote. There is not one Shemitz, there is not one issue here, that would endanger, God forbid, the sanctity of Klal Yisrael. Everything I passed in my previous tshuva was the truth of Torah derived purely from our great Rebbeinu HaRishonim. And you, who are, who are being ma'orer, you're arguing that what I'm doing is hashkafically invalid, says her motion, amazing line. You're coming from an outside of Torah perspective. You're coming from deos chitzonos. And he wasn't talking about Aristotle. He was actually addressing a very from, a very righteous hargasha that Ramosha was labeling deos chitzonios. That without careful analysis, that kind of religious fervor 
can even impact people who are gedolim b'chachma. Lahavin mitzvahs Hashem yisbarach, lefi osen hadeos hanichzavos. That you'll understand the Torah through those warped philosophies. Asher mizem mischafchin chas b'shalom ha'aser lemutter v'hamutter leaser. Where you can now make mistakes and say something which should be aser is really mutter and vice versa. This I have an issue with. I have no kapeda, you're going to give me tochacha, bring it on. But if you're going to come at me telling me hashkafas Torah, that I'm somehow endangering the purity of Kalal Yisrael, let me explain to you, you're coming from deos chitzonios, and that I have a kapeda. And even if you're trying to be more machmir, you should know there are other fragments, there are other segments of Klagis who are very machmir, namely the tzedukim. <laughs> they were also very machmir, and they made many tekanos. Va'ani baruch Hashem, and he says, we know Ramosha was of the utmost, of the, the uh, anovim. He lived with a real sense of humility. So Baruch Hashem, She'eni lo mehem, I'm not coming from that world. The kol hashkafasi hu rak miadias ha-Torah. My hashkafa is not coming from Aristotle, it's not coming from the world of academia, it's not coming from this form of Judaism or that form of Judaism, and it's not coming from a religious fervor or frumkite. It's coming from Yedias HaTorah Bli Shum Torovus Miyadias Chitzodios without any mixing in of outside Yedias. Ve'ed ha'tamim mehashkafas chitzonios v'svaros beduyos mehalev klum. You should know that whatever you feel, whatever you think might be true, if it's made up and it's not coming from authentic Torah, that means nothing even if you're being more machmir. And in your imagination, in, in your imagination, you think you'll bring more tahara. To the contrary, this is a kilkel of Torah. Right? So there's a real siyata deshmaya when we strive to get anything close to das Torah. The way to do that is through saturating ourselves with Torah. That is das Torah. Okay, our time is running short. Let's just try to go through quickly Rav and Wasserman. We're skipping the 1800s, but we'll see that he seems to be addressing a problem that developed in the 1800s. The question that was posed to Rav Hanan was, right, the overall question, and part of the question is about going to college. Am I allowed to go to university? Let's see. <clears throat> So he says that there are a few issues we have to address. Uh, the first issue is obviously if you're learning these svarim, where either what you're learning is apikorsis or it brings you to those types of uh, thoughts or insights, obviously that's off limits. That goes without saying. That was the Mishnah in Sanhedrin. Os base. He says, Im ein minus. If there's no need to read any heretical books. Rather, should Sarek Lislamid beget gymnasium over university, Bain Yalde Nachrim. The only thing is I have to go to, uh, to a university, I have to go to college, and I'll be surrounded in a non Jewish environment. Veroa Adam Bibino Obito Shazem, Mavi Lehem, Lishaber, Lenachrim, Ledarchehem. And a parent, when they're trying to decide what school to send their children to, 
right? They're looking at Penn State, and there's a great program in this particular field that my child has a talent in or they have an interest in, but uh, likely going there for four years, they're going to make a lot of non-Jewish friends, and they're going to be living in a secular world. Right? The odds of them staying committed to Torah are very slim. The Torah tells us, in order to maintain Klal Yisrael, we have to be very careful and very cautious to, uh, to not assimilate. And going to college, any secular university, obviously is going to be a major influence on a child's uh, whole way of life. And, and Hashkafa Sechayim. I was speaking to a mother where she was bemoaning the fact that her son married somebody non-Jewish. And, you know, she was saying, I brought him up his whole life with all of the Jewish values, and we did the holidays together, and I sent him to Hebrew school. And uh, I, I always spoke about that the one thing I care about more than anything else is that you marry a Jewish girl. That's it. Now... You're going to a secular school, even if you're going to Hebrew school now and again, and you're going to a secular college, can you blame the kid, right? He's making friends, he's trying to fit in, he's going to his classes, he's doing what any other college kid does, he meets a nice girl, she's very sweet, and they hit it off, and then three years later they get married. Is it his fault? Of course not. Is it his parents' fault? Probably not. Who knows who to blame? Who knows? But the Metziah says, the reality, says Rav Chana, is that if you're in a non-Jewish environment, obviously that presents dangers beyond Chachma Chitzonis. Okay, Gimel. The third issue is that Let's say it's not going to bring me to reading anything that's heretical. And I'm not going to be associated to people living in a non-Jewish environment. And the reason why I'm doing this is, I've got to make a parnasa. So I'm learning this particular trade, or I'm learning this area of medicine, whatever it may be, in order to make a parnasa. So of course there's no iser in that. Learning any occupation to, to support a family, that is a mitzvah. Therefore, even though in Shabbos, we're not allowed to speak about mundane issues, if it comes to setting someone up with a job, getting someone's son uh, an internship or something like that, mutter to talk about, to have Helping someone with a job is considered that's a holy endeavor. The, the Gemara Kedushin says one of our obligations as parents is we have to make sure our, our children will be independent and, and, and they can support themselves. This is the general hashkafa. But if a person sees that his child he has an interest in Torah, and he has potential to really growing in Torah. It's regarding that kind of child, Rabbi Noroi says, that I'm going to leave any other kind of occupation, and I'm only going to teach my son Torah. I'm not going to teach him anything about accounting or medicine, because I see that this is his calling. 
But you cannot say, explains Rabbi Hanin, that Rabbi Neroi was of the opinion, that he was saying, a general psak for all of Kalal Yisrael, do not teach your children umnis. Do not enable them to get the proper education to be able to get a job and support their family. Only teach them Torah. That can't be what he was saying. Because the Torah says explicitly, as we have the conversation in the Gemara and Brochos, Vesafta diginecha. You have to gather your, your grain. He noeg behem midas derech eretz, which is basically a mitzvah that you have to do the proper hishtadlus to support your family and be a responsible, productive member of society. We'll hold off on that question for now. That might take us a little bit of a side discussion. Any problems with what he's saying? Any comments? It sounds sounds very straightforward. I mean, this ties into the Wednesday night discussion we had a few weeks ago, where it it seems clear from the the formulation of Rabbi Hanan Wasserman that a parnasa is not viewed as a bidyevid. Getting a job and doing what you do and knowing how to do it well and being a productive member of society, this is what we do as Jews. Now, you have people who have a cheshik in learning and they have the, the, the psychological you know, ability to sit there for hours and delve into a tosfos, then Baruch Hashem. So for them to spend their whole lives engaged in learning and then teaching so, beautiful. They don't have to learn omnis. But he's not saying that should be the, the shovel of chol nefesh. This should be for everybody. That's a clear distinction he's making. So why does this seem antithetical to Why does this seem antithetical to the hashkafas of most yeshivas nowadays? Great question. Okay. No, no. Let's address it right now, because here we are with Rav Hanan. Here we are. So to, to, to apply this hashkafa, right? could one say, listen, uh, my son's not so into learning. Now obviously, if a child is set in their particular direction, and this is what they're going to do, we support them and we love them, and mitzvah But let's say a child says, you know what? I'm finishing off high school. I could go to yeshiva for a year or two. I could not. So would you say, based on this, listen, he's probably not going to be a gadol b'torah. Don't send him to yeshiva. No. Yeah. Basically, Rav Khan is just saying the idea of <coughs> teaching an umnus of someone, if it's either as a parent looking at their child, or if we ourselves are the children figuring out what to do with our lives, it's responsible and it's necessary to get a job and all of the heksher mitzvah involved, namely learning that profession and learning it well. It doesn't mean I have to start when I'm 16 years old. So I think the hashkafa of the yeshiva world and this is something that we could all testify to, makes a lot of sense in our experience, is the more learning you have under your belt, the more hardcore Torah study and hashkafa and musr and, and, and tefillah, all of that which comes from the environment of the yeshiva, it's not because we need you to be a Rosh Yeshiva. We need you to be a Rebbe, because only being a Rebbe is a holy profession. It's a wonderful thing to be Marbet's Torah, and we cherish that. And we need that to survive as Kalal Yisrael. 
But it's not about the career. It's about having a strong foundation in Liban HaTorah, which is really a strong foundation in Yiddishkeit. And from that point, to be able to pursue whatever that particular young man or young woman, her tichunas anafish or his tichunas anafish. That, that should be the foundation to prep somebody to go into, let's say, uh, you know, a, a university so they'll have a stronger foundation who won't necessarily be influenced by things that shouldn't necessarily be Well, to clarify, to clarify, Os Gimel of Rabbi Hanan is assuming that issue one and two are not problematic. Which, which is going to get somewhat complex, right? As we actually think about what jobs there are and what, what interests I have. So number one is I'm not learning apicorsus. And number two is I'm not in an environment that's going to have a negative impact on me. Right? So assuming we have one and two in place, then he's saying, of course, it's a mitzvah to learn an omnis. Right? At what stage? It doesn't mean I have to be 18 years old, right? Even more of a chiddush that you would, the timing of when he was saying this, I mean, because because of the, the fear of assimilation, I would I would guess I would imagine that he wouldn't be comfortable saying, yeah, if, if all things are are right, you should go out and learn secular knowledge, because it was such a fear during that time of of like losing losing Torah to the assimilation that was going on. Is that, that does that make sense? To clarify, you're saying that that, that you, you would have thought that he'd be more concerned. Yeah, that he wouldn't be comfortable saying this in, in, during, you know, late 1800s. Um, he, he was saying this probably in 19, late 1930s. Okay. <coughs> right? He perished in the war. Okay. Right. So I hear what you're saying, but it, it sounds like he's coming from a very pragmatic standpoint. You have to make a parnasa. You have to support your family. You know, now, th- th- this philosophy can and has often been warped and abused. It doesn't mean that we don't believe in full-time Liban HaTorah. If, if a child's up for learning and we could encourage him to be involved with that world, you should be in that world for as long as possible. The whole idea, you have to start college at 18, right? That's Narishkeit. That's not true. If you speak to anyone who actually made it big, they'll tell you, taking off a few years, not just the gap year, but a few years, and that could be six years, that could be seven years. It all depends on, on where the kid is in life. Harvard's um, registration committee, the the incoming students, value a gap year out of high school, spent involved in something else. You have to have applied when we're basically 15. In pre pre K, as long as you got the. (laughs) No, but in other words, they they value that that, that, that time. So maybe, maybe in a subsequent year, we'll, we'll see that from the Chazanish. The Chazanish was the one who, who oh, I don't want to say it was Mechadesh, but who presented this idea of learning in Kolel and how it was needed in that time after the war. But that doesn't mean that every Jewish man should be learning in Kolel. Those are two very different things. Also, like that's the presentation. It's like, no, 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 you learn, Hashem will provide, it'll be fine. It's like, but after a certain point, there is nobody supporting that Torah. 100%. Unless you have wealthy in-laws. Right, that money only lasts for a couple generations. So it's clear from Rav Hanan, he's saying, hashkafically, there's nothing schwer about making a parnasa and doing, that's a mitzvah, 
And the Heksher Mitzvah is getting the proper education for that Parnasa. When and how to apply this, when to implement this, this takes a lot of Chachma, and it takes an appreciation of what Torah can do. Right? Years of learning before you go into that endeavor can change you and your family for the rest of your life. But it doesn't seem like he's, he's spelling out a way to find out whether your son is your son or is it He's not spelling that out, and, and that requires a lot of uh, pikchus, a lot of insight in knowing your child. And oftentimes, right, we underestimate people. I, I had a conversation with someone, their kid was in eighth grade, and they were looking into what high school to go to. One particular high school was much more focused on learning, and the other high school was not as, not as focused. So the parents were saying, listen, I know that, that, that David's not going to be you know, into learning after high school and going in that direction. And his friends are going over here, so why not go to the high school? It might not be as much learning, but uh, that's not who he is. So I told him at the time, I said, right now your son is 13 years old, right? He has no clue who he is, and you have no clue who he is. Okay? If, if it's not a bad choice for him, it could be it's overwhelming, he'll get burnt out, it could give him a negative time of Judaism, obviously you have to know the whole story. But if he could do it, give it a shot, and maybe he'll grow from it. Two years later, this kid is steiging, steiging. And maybe he'll learn for 10 years after high school, we have no idea. You know, so to assume our child is in one direction, it's not so simple, we never know. We're going to have to stop here for now, Mr. Shem. We'll continue next time. Have a wonderful day. Uh-huh.